Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I did not pass English. Pray for your pastor and your pastor's wife. If you pass them in the hallway and it's appropriate, shake their hand, hug their neck, tell them you love them and you're very thankful for them, and that you appreciate the job that they're doing. Amen? Come on. There you go. Come on. Can't nobody do me like Jesus, and can't nobody back him up like my pastor. All right. All right. Amen. Now that I got my brownie points in, praise God. If you have your Bibles, amen, appreciate my super awesome, drop-dead gorgeous wife, amen. I love her and thankful for her. Appreciate my super awesome, purdy daughters. Some of y'all might think ill of me if I said that about my daughters. Praise God. Appreciate my mom, amen. I, I say this often. It's a joke, but it's the truth. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here today, amen. I'm very thankful, amen, that she's hanging out with us and just uh, along for a little bit of a ride, amen. The book of Acts, the 12th chapter, the book of Acts, amen, the 12th chapter. Uh, if, since you've worshipped so well and been running the aisles and hanging from the ceiling fans, I'll read you the short version, let you be seated, and I'll, I'll stand here and read the long version. Is that all right? Amen. Acts, the 12th chapter, reading the fourth verse. Acts, the 12th chapter, reading, amen, the fourth verse. Everybody, amen when you got it. Oh, the cheat sheet ain't even up yet. There it is. Man, if it wasn't for the cheat sheet, I'd never made it out of the fifth grade. The Bible says in chapter, Acts chapter 12, verse 4, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you so much for this wonderful day. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, God. We thank you for your presence that we already feel in this house tonight. I ask God you'd anoint my mouth to speak your words. I pray, Lord, you'd anoint the ears of this congregation, God, that we would hear exactly what you'd have to say. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory in the church said in Jesus' name. Oh, say it loud in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a great big loud hand clap of praise because he's worthy. Amen, you can be seated this evening only if you want to. The Bible reads, and when it came to, uh, excuse me, he had apprehended him. He had put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth 
to the people. Verse 5 says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. When Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. The Bible says in verse 7, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on his side and raised him up, saying, Rise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Verse 8 says, And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast on thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he had saw a vision. Verse 4 says, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. If you would allow me a few minutes this evening, I want to preach on this thought. There's two things that prison can't do. There's two things that prison can't do. My wife and I first started dating, even into after us getting married and beginning to travel as evangelists. She would tell me, uh, but first you have to understand my wife is country. Her husband is city. Don't hold it against me. God is good. She's getting me converted slowly. Amen. But when we... We, would, we first got together and we first started traveling. I mean, I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, so everywhere, every store I ever went into uh, had this. But she would tell me, she'd say, Honey, now I don't like going into stores with bars on the windows. She said, There's two reasons why those bars are on the windows. Number one, either they're trying to keep somebody in or they're trying to keep somebody out. And she said, I'll be honest with you, I don't care to find out which one that it is. Amen. But I would tell somebody I'm thankful today as a Holy Ghost-filled child of God that there are times when I can pick and choose what trials I decide to go through. That I can have enough in me, amen, to say, Lord, I know that's not your will. God, I know that's got nothing to do with me. I don't belong there. I'm not going in there. I'm thankful today that I got enough of God inside of me, amen, to know I don't have, amen, to go through a valley every day of my life. I'm thankful tonight that I have enough, amen, to say, God, you've kept me free from that. You've delivered me from that but there are often times on them long dark roads when you ain't got no choice of where you have to stop at amen I think about this journey that we take as apostolic Holy Ghost filled children of God Amen, this walk that we walk, there are times on those long roads. Amen, there are situations that arise and there are things that come up in our lives. And the truth is, church, I don't have the decision of whether I am or am not going to go through this trial. But there are things, amen, that jump out and I realize I'm just going to have to go through this thing. I'm just going to have to hold my breath, trust God, and just keep on walking with everything that I've got. I'm going to have to do everything in my power to say, Lord, I know you're with me. Amen. I'm going to trust you and I'm just going to keep moving forward. The Bible says that it was Peter, amen, that was minding his own business, if you will. Amen. He was carrying on doing what God had called him to do. He was preaching. He was teaching. He was reaching. Amen. He was evangelizing. He was doing, amen, the will of God. But the Bible says that the people apprehended him and when they apprehended him, they put him in prison. 
Now I begin to look at this and there are certain words because of my background, Pastor, which we won't talk too much about tonight, that stand out to me and those two words are apprehend and prison. I don't like either one of those words, praise God. Not that I've been there very much. But I begin to look at this, and the word apprehend stands out. It's not my kind of language. It's not how I talk. Amen. But the word apprehend simply means to arrest someone for a crime. Amen. No doubt many of us, if not all of us in here today, can understand, amen, what that means. If we have not been arrested, we know somebody. Amen. We have family, amen, friends, or someone that has been arrested. But I begin to look further into the definition of this word to apprehend. Amen, to apprehend also means for one to understand, perceive, or anticipate with uneasiness or fear. I begin to think uh, that sounds a little less like the police and a little more like the enemy trying to attack the church. I would challenge someone today. We talk about being in prison and we talk about being bound, but somebody hear me this morning, this evening. Uh, amen. The enemy cannot put you in prison until he first apprehends you. And the only way he can apprehend you is to do something to cause you to understand, perceive, or anticipate failure. To understand or perceive or anticipate, amen, you losing a battle that's coming against you. Amen. There's Maybe there's somebody in this room today. There's some situations that you're going through and you're simply anticipating you're going to fail before this thing is over. I would challenge you, amen, that the only way that you can be put into prison tonight is if the enemy begins to apprehend you. The Bible says that when he apprehended him, amen, it lets us know that his mindset had changed. We we, we happy-go-lucky when everything's hunky-dory. We walking in high cotton, amen. We, we'll run the aisles all day long when everything's good. But the moment we feel like a failure, the moment we feel like we're going to lose this thing that we're going through, amen, the moment that we feel like everything, amen, is out of our hands and out of our control and we're not going to be able to succeed in this, it begins to rob us and it begins to change us and it begins to press us down. And guess what? That means the enemy has put us into... I begin to think about this and I begin to read and I noticed uh, something that really stood out to me. I'm going to teach y'all a new word. Y'all ready to learn a new word? Overdoneness. I can't use apprehend in the sentence, but I can use overdoneness. I said I was city, but I'm still from the south, praise God. I begin to look at the overdoneness of the situation. See, it's not a hard thing for us to preach or to teach or to understand that the way the enemy gets his hands on us is by changing the atmosphere. And if we can get our minds on the atmosphere and get our minds off of God, it's then he begins to get his hands on us and begins to do things in our lives. So I would challenge someone today, when you begin to go through something, check the overdoneness. Brother Jackson, what do you talk about overdoneness? If you begin to study and begin to read, the Bible tells us they didn't put Peter in the first ward, the second ward, but they put him three wards deep into the prison that he was in. It's amazing to me how if you pay so much attention to a bunch of other bound people. See, they led him through one ward, ward of bound people. 
They led him through a second ward of bound people into a third ward of what? Bound people. It's amazing, Pastor, how we'll begin to look at how everybody else is doing to justify how good we're doing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay tent, tent meeting, y'all. Tent revival, tent revival, tent revival. Bible says not only they put in three wards deep in the prison, but the Bible says they put him in amongst four quadrants of soldiers. Now, I begin to think about this. Why in the world are soldiers arresting a man? He didn't talk. He wasn't, he wasn't the police pastor. It wasn't the, the guards that came to arrest him. But the Bible says that it was four quadrants of armed men, amen, that have been trained to fight and to kill and to survive, amen. These are men that weren't just every, everyday ordinary people, amen, but they were dressed, no doubt, for war, amen. They had swords and spears and shield, amen. They had their armor on, amen. It was very intimidating. See, can I tell somebody today, that's all the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to intimidate your flesh, and he's trying to intimidate your eyes. Because if he can get you intimidated, he can get you bowed down in a corner somewhere. So he does that with overdoneness. I ain't no mathematician, and I ain't no English major. You say, well, brother, how'd you finish school? I quit, praise God. That's how I finished. But I did get what we call a good enough diploma. That's the GED, praise God. Kids stay in school. Some of you elders go back to school, praise God. So in order to seem intelligent in the house tonight, I looked up what in the world four quadrants of soldiers was. Four quadrants of soldiers translates into 16 soldiers. Amen. You take four men, Pastor, and you try to make me do something against my will. We're going to have us, we're going to sweat and bleed a little bit out in the middle of the yard. Come on, somebody. If the enemy tries to come with me with four of his little imps, amen, we're going to have us just a bare knuckle fight, amen, right here in the middle of the yard because I ain't going, amen, with just four of y'all. But when you bring 16, Now, I believe I could get a lick on Chuck Norris. I'm hitting Mike Tyson once. But 16 Chuck Norris's I don't think I can deal with. Come on. That's the mindset, amen. One or two, come get you some. But 16, I can't handle that. Amen. We feel like we're surrounded by an overdoneness. It's an impossibility. There ain't no way I can escape from 16 soldiers, three wards deep in a prison. There ain't no way I can get out of this. I'm done. The Bible says not only was it three wards deep, 16 soldiers, but they put men to guard the doors. If you begin to study that, that simply means they were awake, aware, and doing their job. They, they wasn't like dude, uh, oh, uh, in the midnight hour, the earthquake shook, dude woke up and everybody was gone. He didn't know what was happening. These boys was alert and doing their job. So not only my three wards deep, I got 16 soldiers, but I got people guarding every single door in order for me to get out of this place, alert and doing their job. That, that sounds like a pretty rough time, don't it? But they ain't done yet. I said overdone this, y'all. I didn't say overdone. 
The Bible says they bound him not with one chain, but two chains. They must be scared I'm breaking out of one of them. Right? I got some. What's up? See, he must have figured, oh, that boy's bad. He's going to break out of one of these chains. We're going to put two of them on him. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's easy to come in the house of God dragging one leg, but when I got to drag both of them, church, it begins to weigh on me. It begins to drain me. It gets to pull me down. I get to the place where I'm never going to be able to get out of this situation. Brother Jackson, what's, what's the main thing about this? What are you talking about? I'm trying to tell somebody today, Peter was in a very impossible situation. There wasn't no way Peter was walking out of this. There wasn't no way Peter was going to stand up, amen, and say, hey, y'all, I'm gone. I'm not going to do this anymore. But there was something he had to endure. There was something he had to hang on. There was something he had to believe God. There was something, amen, he said, God, if you're going to get me out of here, I wish you would do something. But not only is he dealing with all of that, but the Bible says he was arrested during the Feast of Leavened Bread. We understand that that's at least a seven-day feast. So if he got tooked it on the beginning of it, we know that he couldn't, he had to stay in that prison for at least seven days. Now, I ain't got no problem in a 24-hour trial. 24-hour stomach bug, what's up? Hit me on Monday. I'm good by Tuesday. I'm preaching Wednesday. I'm happy. Right? I got no problem with the 24-hour sniffles. My wife, well, no, I don't want my wife mad at me 24 hours. No, no, no. See, I stopped that one, praise God. See, I can handle some of them short-term hold your breath and trust God. I can handle that. Uh, amen. My trial starts on Saturday, but I walk in here on Sunday, and before it's over with, I done shouted my cares away, and it don't matter what happens Saturday because God is good. But when we begin to get in that long, drawn-out journey of having to not survive, amen, but barely breathe, seems like a pretty impossible situation. But see, that's not the only thing that Peter was dealing with. But if we begin to look back and begin to think and begin to study, amen, the Bible says that the same king had already arrested a man by the name of James. He'd already brought him in, pastor. And I have to imagine Peter probably felt, uh, I wonder if he was in this cell that I'm in right now. I wonder if he was surrounded by the same guards I'm surrounded by right now. I wonder if he had the same 16 soldiers that had their eyeballs on him like I've got the eyeballs on me right now. I wonder if he was the same three wards deep that I am right now. I wonder if he had these same two chains on him that I've got on me right now. I wonder if he had to stay in here five, six, seven days like I have right now. We begin to wonder, amen, and think about what killed him. Come on, somebody. I want somebody to hear me in this place this morning. Amen. What killed James doesn't have to kill you. What killed somebody else doesn't have to kill you. What took somebody else out don't have to take you out. And what robs somebody else of their walk with God ain't got to take your walk with God. Amen. Somebody hear me today. It may have got them, but it ain't got to get me. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I know that God is going to deliver me. 
maybe there's somebody in this building you're dealing with something that took somebody else out of the church you're struggling with something that robs somebody else of their walk with God and you're scared to death it's going to do the same thing for you when I've come to tell somebody tonight it ain't got to take you out it don't have to take you out it don't have to do it I wish somebody would hear me tonight. Amen. God is in this place. And God is going to bless you. What killed James ain't going to kill Peter. Come on. The Bible tells us he was three wards deep. Wrapped with two chains. Surrounded by 16 soldiers. Been sitting there who knows how long. Worried about his, his boy done got took out. Come on, somebody. The Bible even goes on to tell us that he had got so comfortable with the place that he was in, he done lay down. Started taking stuff off. You know what that means? He had simply began to accept what he thought his fate was going to be. See, it's when the only time the enemy can kill me is when I accept he's about to do it. The only time the enemy, amen, can take me out is if I let him, amen. There's an old saying, I can't, but so I ain't, amen. Well, let me tell you, he can't do it, so he ain't going to do it. I'm going to hang on to God. The Bible tells us very clearly he had been apprehended, he had been arrested, he had been put in prison, he was surrounded, he was in an impossible position, he just knew what killed him was going to kill me. Amen, but can I tell you, there's one of two things that prison can't do, and one of them is the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, amen, stepped in. Can I tell you, your prison can't keep God out. It don't matter how impossible it is. It don't matter how bad it is. It can't stop God, amen, from coming to where you are. It can't keep God from blessing you and talking to you. Oh, come on, somebody. It may be impossible to you, but it ain't impossible to God. And God can step in. I wish somebody would hear me in this house tonight. When I can't get to God, God can always get to me. When I can't call his name, he can always, always call my name. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how impossible it is. I serve a God that ain't intimidated. I serve a God that ain't scared. I serve a God that can walk right in your mess. So you have to understand, prison walls are designed to do two things. Prison walls are designed to keep people out and prisoners in. Come on. I got the police right here. He already told me. You act silly, son. I'm putting you down. I'm just telling you what the man said. I think he's a big old teddy bear, but whatever. <laughs> Two things that prison can't do, Pastor. One, it can't keep God out. Those prison walls are designed to keep people out. 
Now, I'm going to meddle just a little bit, okay? Don't get nervous. Those prisons that the enemy puts us in are designed to keep people out. Are designed to keep people out. Are designed to keep people out. Are designed to keep Sunday school teachers out and evangelists and pastors and wives and husbands and children. Amen. Those prison walls are designed to keep people out. Amen. But I'm glad today that can't nothing stop the word. Amen. Can't nothing keep God out. Amen. No matter the circumstances. Amen. That word's alive and well. And that word knows where we are. What did he say? The angel of the Lord stepped on in and said, I ain't scared of nothing. Ain't nobody got nothing going on around here. He was asleep between two guards. The angel grabbed him by his neck, stood him up, and said, rise up quickly. TJ, chapter 6, verse 18. Ain't any King James, but hold on, watch this. I believe, we could, that as soon as Peter locked his knees when the angel stood him up, that's when the chains fell off. Why? Because it was that moment Peter decided, I'm not laying there any longer. I'm going to get up. I'm locking my knees. I'm not going back down. I feel the presence of God. I know what God's about to do. And I'm tired of being a prisoner. I'm tired of being here. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to do something. Amen. I feel God in this place. It was that moment, it was that moment that the power of God brought what? Conviction. See, y'all get mad at conviction. Don't get mad at conviction. Conviction is the greatest attribute to grace God ever gave us. Because if it wasn't for conviction, we wouldn't have enough of what we needed to get down to an altar in the first place. Is that all right? So my interpretation, angel walked in and said, hey, what are you doing? Get up. And I said, oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Come up. Right? That's what we do. When the Lord wakes us up, we up. We're not like one of my children. I wake her up, she ain't up. Bible says the angel of the Lord grabbed him, snatched him up, and immediately when he stood up, the Bible says his chains fell. Why? Because that's when his mindset changed. You can't keep these chains on me if I don't want them here. If God don't want me in this mess, you can't keep me in this mess. Come on. We got to get a change of our mindset. Amen. I'm not a prisoner of this prison that I'm in. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not a prisoner of this prison that I'm in. Bible says when the angel stood him up, immediately his chains fell off. The Bible says the angel of the Lord looked at him and said, gird thyself. Now my mind goes to the armor of God. We gird our loins with what? Truth. Is that right? With our loins. It's the area of the body where there's no bones to protect it. It's the weakest part of our body. One writer said it like this, Lord help me to gird up the loins of my mind. I got some weaknesses in my mind. I need to gird up and protect with what? Truth. And the truth is, I don't belong here. The truth is, I don't have to stay here. The truth is, I don't even want to be here no more. So what he say? Right up. Put your truth back where it's supposed to be. Then 
say? Boy, get them shoes back on. We shot up our feet with what? Preparation of the gospel. I don't know about you, church, but every time I walk through them doors, I ought to be prepared, aiming to see God do something amazing. I ought to be prepared, aiming for God to do a miracle. Every time I come through the door, I ought to be prepared, aiming today's my day, tonight's my night. I'm getting my blessing. I'm getting my miracle. I'm prepared. Now, here we understand the greatest difference between country folks and city folks. Country folks go everywhere barefoot. Something wrong with y'all. City folks, we put our shoes on, it's time to go. Y'all must not have to walk on crack pipes and syringes and needles and stuff. Y'all walk through. A little something, something. I bet y'all put shoes on when you go cow tipping, don't you? You real country if you don't. Bless Jesus. Better have a foot washing quick. What do you say? He said, put your find your sandals and shod your feet up. See, when I put my shoes on, I'm prepared to go. Come on. When I take my shoes off, I ain't going no more. I'm in my chair. I'm in my spot. I got my chicken in my lap. I'm good. Amen. Shoes on, time to go. Shoes off, I'm done. So that's where we find ourselves. We, we take our shoes off and try to find comfort in uncomfortable positions. Angel of the Lord said, put your shoes back on. Be prepared to go. Then he says what? Cast thy garment about thee. Now, I know we love the garment of praise, and we should. That's what we're talking about. But you have to also understand something. You begin to study out the garment. The garment is also our identity. See, what happens, Pastor, when we get apprehended, we get arrested, we get surrounded by a bunch of soldiers and a bunch of dudes, and we got a bad mindset and everything's going south, amen, and we got a horrible disposition and we don't got no faith and we don't feel like nothing's going to happen. One of the first things we do is start to lose our identity. We take that garment off. Come on, somebody. I know I'm getting close to the line, but I ain't going to cross it. I'm staying over here. I'm going to let pastor be pastor. I'm just going to be the loud mouth evangelist that sweats and spits. I'm good. I'm like a llama. Come on, somebody. You didn't have to amen like that, bro. He said, cast that garment about, about thee. I'm challenging somebody in this building today. If you're ever going to come out and identify with who you are, you got to put your identity back on. Amen. I'm telling somebody in this place today, you better remember who you are. You're a child of God. You're a Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, holy rolling, apostolic. Amen. Born again, saint of the Almighty God. My Bible says, if I ain't got his spirit, I'm none of his. But if I got his spirit, then I'm all of his. I'm a child of God. I'm not staying here. I'm putting my identity back on. I can shout in the valley. I can sing against the enemy. Amen. Come on, church. I'm not dancing when it's over. I'm dancing in the middle of it. I'm praising God all the way through my trial. That's my identity. Woo! I'm telling somebody in this building tonight, we got to put our identity back on. I don't care if I'm on a mountain. I don't care if I'm in a valley. I'm going to give God the praise. That's who I am. That's what I do. See, 
see is when we stand up and our chains drop, when we gird ourselves with truth, when we begin amen, to shot our feet with preparation and we put our garment back on, that's telling the Lord, I'm ready to do whatever you want to do. I'm tired of being in this prison and I'm ready to come out. I ain't got no watch. Don't get your hopes up. Now, again, I don't give much of my testimony our first couple of times being here. You may not let me come back. (laughs) She laughing too. I've been shackled. We're going to say once. (laughs) Because that's the only time I'm going to talk about. And I hope ain't none of y'all ever been shackled. Especially my big brother back in the back. Because shackles ain't designed for tall people. Hurry up, son. Hurry up, son. Pull me one more time, bro. We're going to have some problems. <laughs> right? Shackles are designed to keep you at most minimal movement you can. Oh, we could preach on that. We could do a series on that, praise God. But I can remember after court that day, see what I'm talking about? I had my little shackles on. I went into my jail cell. I heard it click behind me. I was locked in there. Turn around. Hands. Closer to the door, son. He reaches through this little hole. Click, 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 click. Shit. Woo. I didn't live for God then, but I was so praised then. You had them on for about an hour and a half. You want to do some calisthenics, praise God. But watch this. The shackles and chains were off, but I was still in my prison cell. I was no more freer than I was, amen, with them shackles on walking across the street. Come on, somebody. See, that's what we do, and I ain't trying to be mean, but it's in my nature, so here we go. That's what we do. We come in here, and we experience freedom inside these four walls, but we still walk out bound and in prison. I'll shout and throw down right inside here these four walls because I know that's where Jesus is. But when I walk out, I'm still in my prison cell. I may not have shackles. I may not have chains. But I'm still just as much as in prison, amen, as I was when I was in here. Why? Because we're satisfied with that temporary feeling of freedom. Now, I'm an evangelist. I'm getting deep. I apologize for that. There's two things that prison can't do. The Bible says that in the middle of all that impossibility, that overdoneness, the Lord walked in anyway. One thing that prison can't do is it can't keep God out. The Bible says the angel of the Lord said what? Stand up. Put, uh, gird yourself. Put your shoes on. Put your garment on. And what? Follow me. Two things that prison can't do. One, it can't keep God out. And two, it can't keep you in if you don't want to be there. 
See, you have to understand something, church. By law, according to law, ask the police right there. According to law, they cannot hold a non-prisoner inside prison walls. It is illegal. It is against the law for them to keep a non-prisoner inside the prison walls. Amen. Can I tell somebody today, the moment I let go of that prisoner mindset, the moment I let go of that prison mentality is the moment I'm no longer a spiritual prison. Amen. And I can't stay in a spiritual prison any longer. Amen. That moment, pastor, that prison, it cannot hold me in and it can't keep God out because it's designed only to keep the prisoners and I'm not a prisoner no more. It's got to let me go. It's got to let me walk out. It was Paul and Silas. I'm turning it off, but still don't get your hopes up too much. It was Paul and Silas. You know the story. The Bible says they begin to pray and sing praises unto God. Y'all remember that part? And the Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. It didn't say the other prisoners. It didn't say them other people like Paul and Silas. It simply said the prisoners. Why? Because Paul and Silas never allowed themselves to be prisoners of that prison cell. They said, I might be beaten. I might be bloody and bruised. But I'm going to give God the praise anyway. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the Bible says, amen, the earth began to shake. And God began to move. Because they never allowed themselves to be prisoners. They knew they wasn't going to be there long. Angel of the Lord said what? Follow me. So here's the kicker. You ready? See, we done shouted. We done sweated. We done had a good time. All this good stuff's happening. Now, boom, watch this. God puts the ball back in your court. Now, you got to walk. You got to walk shod. You got to walk garmented. You got to walk girded. You got to walk mindset. You got to walk. You got to walk out of that mess. The Bible even says, now this, watch this. When y'all's mind blows, it goes. When my mind blows, it goes. My mind's blown three times and y'all didn't even know it while I was here. Three times God's given me something to say. It blew my mind. Y'all didn't even know. Didn't hear it. The Bible says, you watch this, Peter didn't even think it was real. He just figured it was a figment of his imagination. But it was enough to change his thinking. And the Bible says that he did what? Holla bala, I'm gone. Now what? What changed? Nothing. He was still three wards deep. He was still surrounded by 16 soldiers. There were still guards standing at every door, alert and attention and ready to roll. He was still had two chains that had just fallen off of him, and he was still asleep between, or he was, had just been asleep between two guards. Isn't it amazing how God can deliver us and he don't even wake up the devil? See, we don't want to wake the devil up because he won't chase him out the door. Jesus, don't worry about it. We won't wake him up. Just come on. The devil's just going to stay asleep. We're going to walk out. The Bible says they went to the first gate. What happened? Sweet. Second gate, what happened? Sweet. Next gate, what happened? 
Now, we, we feel like we, it's over. It's done. Amen on me. Right? We're free. But the enemy ain't just going to let you go that easy. We all right? Y'all good with me? The Bible says the last gate was different from the rest of them. The last gate was an iron gate. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I have a hard time bending iron. Now, I heard of a dude, I heard of a dude on YouTube that could bend iron with his neck. I ain't never hit that man in the neck, so I don't know. Some of them caught that, some of them didn't. Some of them laughing a couple of seconds later. That's what I'm talking about. I'm a man of iron. I ain't a man of steel. I ain't got time for that. Iron. Now, why does that throw us off? That throws us off because it's a different element that we're facing. The other, the other, the other prison doors pastor, they open no problem. She'll swing, she'll swing, she'll swing. No issue, no, no issue, no big deal. But they weren't made of iron. See, iron, it's, a, it's a, another thing just to throw us off and to make us second guess what God's doing in our life. Come on, somebody. The Bible tells us that Peter did what? He just simply kept on following. And before he got there, I don't know, five minutes, ten seconds, a half a step, I don't have a clue, but the Bible says that the iron gate opened on its own accord. Ooh. Now, Sister Jackson, you start getting ready. This, 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 I said all of that to say this. My wife tells me I, I'm, I can take a five-minute thought for an hour and a half. See, y'all had no idea I've been preaching an hour and a half, did y'all? <laughs> the Bible says, this, this, this caught me right here. The Bible says he did not even realize he had been delivered until not only that he got across the street, but watch this. He didn't realize it, the Bible says, until the angel of the Lord left him, departed, until he was out of the presence of God. He didn't even realize he had not only been delivered from the prison, but the Bible says he had also been delivered from the expectations of the people. Now, I don't understand that, Pastor. How in the world can I not know that I am delivered until I am out of the presence of the one who delivered me? When we get so focused on following God, we'll never understand the things that he brings us out of that we don't even know nothing about. There's deliverance in our mind, deliverance in our spirit. There's deliverance in our flesh. There's deliverance in our families, Pastor. There are generational curses broken. Just because I got so caught up in following Jesus, I don't even know what I've walked out of. I don't even know, amen, what I've left behind me. I ain't even got a clue. Why? Because I'm just focused on God. I'm so wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus. I don't even have a clue of what's happening around me. I want everybody to stand with me tonight. Now, I like to shout, Pastor. I like to run. I like to sweat and holler. I love all of those things. But they ain't going to do us no good if we don't walk out of here changed. Here's my question for this church tonight. When's the last time you got so lost in the presence of God that you don't even know how far he's taken you? 
When's the last time you got so lost in a move of the Holy Ghost? Not, not dealing with this person or this person or this person, but dealing with me. When have I got so hung up in the presence of God that I don't walk somewhere and don't even have a clue how in the world I got there? I'm challenging this church. I'm challenging somebody in this place today. There's two things that prison can't do. It can't keep God out. And it can't keep you in. But if we don't ever find a way to get lost in the presence of God, then church, things will not change in our lives today. I'm challenging a church in this house today. I don't know if y'all normally do five-minute altars. I don't know if you normally do seven and a half minutes. I don't know if they're normally 15 to 20 minutes. I don't have a clue. But I, it may not be for everybody, and if it ain't for everybody, that's all right. I'm not scared. I'm good. We're, we're here. Is that okay? Amen. But there's somebody in this building today. It's been a long time since you've gotten to a place where you didn't care when nobody else thought about your worship and nobody else thought about your situation. Amen. It's been a long time since you've been in a place where it didn't matter. Amen. What's going on in my life? What's happening in my Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. There's some of you here today. It's been too long since you've got lost in God. It's been too long since you've just threw your hands up in the air. Amen. Allow the Holy Ghost to begin to move through you and on you and around you. Amen. Somebody in this building tonight, if you're ever going to get out of where you are, you're going to have to get lost in God. You're going to have to follow the Spirit of God. You're going to have to sell out and dedicate yourself to God tonight come on that's it church come on that's it church oh I'm coming out of this prison I'm coming out of this mess I'm coming out of these circumstances I'm sick and tired of being bound I'm sick and tired of being imprisoned I'm sick and tired of struggling Come on, somebody. We got to break through those boundaries. Somebody, we got to break through those walls. Holy Ghost. There's some of us ain't spoken tongues in too long. There's some of us that ain't talked to God in way too long. Amen. It's a Wednesday night. But I believe God's about to do something. I believe God's about to restore somebody. I believe God is about to fix some mess. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.